0: Hey, this is WWE Hall of Famer from the Legion of Doom, Road Warrior Animal, and you are listening to the St. Louis Podcast Network. Get ready for a great show. Tell him, Hawk! He's
1: one half of the Road Warriors and the Legion of Doom. The most successful tag team in the world of professional wrestling. He's held the AWA, NWA, WCW, and WWF titles. He snacked on danger and dined on death. He's road warrior animal, Joe Laurinaitis. And this is the What A Rush Podcast. Now, here's your host, Joe Roderick.
2: And welcome on in to another episode of the What A Rush podcast. I am your host, Joe Roderick, joined alongside by the WWE Hall of Famer, one half of the Legion of Doom road warrior animal, Joe Laurinaitis. Joe, what's going on, man?
0: Hey, Joe, what's up, man? Yeah, bro, I just heard the news today this week as if poor Johnny Valiant was enough to hear about that we hear another... Another couple of great stars pass away this week, man. It's a pretty somber week in the world of pro wrestling.
2: Yeah, the uh, the big one that uh, that happened on Wednesday morning, Bruno San Martino passes away at the age of 82 years old. Another WWE Hall of Famer like yourself, and as you uh, as you mentioned to me earlier, you uh, you think that he is. You have said that he is the greatest champion of all time.
0: Yeah, man. You know, he was the only guy that held the WWE belt or WWF belt at the time for eight years. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been an eight-year champion before in the world of pro wrestling. And, and you know, I I remember as a kid in Philadelphia, uh, when I was a young kid, seeing Bruno San Martino uh, you know, on TV and stuff. And Mario Saboldi and guys like that on the East Coast because it was really popular with, you know, Pennsylvania and New York wrestling back then. And then – uh you, you know, you heard rumors of uh, Ivan Koloff and Bruno Martino and Stan Hansen and Bruno Martino, Larry Zabisco, the living legend, wrestling, the ultimate legend, you know what I mean? And, and you know, i tell you what, man, Bruno was a heck of a guy, a true pioneer in the world of pro wrestling. Um, a lot of people don't realize his son, uh, uh, David Martino tried wrestling in Georgia Championship Wrestling when Hawk and I were there, you know, and he didn't have a very long career, but... You know, uh, David was a great kid, too. He looked just like his dad, man, looked just like Bruno. And uh, it's a real good guy. I remember the first time I met Bruno, I didn't even know a guy like that with that much class, even knew my name. And he walked up to me and said, hey, Joe, how are you? Bruno San Martino. And I said, whoa, man. He said, hello, Bruno. I said, thank you very much for all you did pro wrestling, you know, and and everything else. And, you know, it's guys like that that paved the way for guys like me you know, and uh, I wouldn't even have this opportunity if it wasn't for a guy like that. I mean, Bruno was the 500-pound bencher back in 1960-something, you know, and that was way before the age of everybody using a lot of steroids and all that. I mean, he was just a man's man and a, a great Italian champion, you know?
2: I have seen and I have read tributes for Bruno all day today, and one of the things that I've seen a few people write was You know the old saying, never meet your heroes because you're going to be disappointed. But I've yeah. seen so many people write that that was not true for Bruno, that he was as cool of a guy, as gracious of a guy, as you would hope that he would be as somebody that people looked up to.
0: You know, um, he is what embodied our sport where fans believed it was real. He held himself with class. He dressed him in a suit coat all the time. He was proud to be the world champion. He held himself as a world champion. He was gracious, humble, and he was your true all-American baby face guy. And you can imagine on the East Coast when you're in your New York or Pennsylvania or, you know, when it's totally, you know, 99% Italians, you know, that he was looked up. I mean, he was, he could have ran for president, you know, and. Heck, you could have probably been President of Italy, You know, <laughs> Bruno was a heck of a champ, heck of a champion, and he was just a great guy. I mean, I don't think you're going to find anybody that can say anything negative about Bruno.
2: Did you ever, uh, did you ever wrestle him? What was the? Uh, did...
0: No, man, he was way before me. He, he retired a long time ago. He was 82 years old. I mean, heck, he was done wrestling by the time I even started.
2: Okay. You know?
0: And uh, yeah, Bruno was done for a long time, but. It was amazing. I saw a picture of him just like last year, two years ago. The guy at, you know, 78 years old had abs. He had a six pack and you you dieted it down and, you know, and I said, my Lord, I hope I look half that good when I'm his age, you know, and if I make it that age, (laughs) you know, yeah. So, but he he really is embodied what health and fitness and all that. He, he not only Practice what he preached you know but he lived that lifestyle
2: yeah and you know one of the things that uh, that that i you know also thought about today he was inducted into the wwe hall of fame back in 2013 so he was honored in front of the wwe crowd he also made an appearance in 2015 when he inducted larry zabisco into the hall of fame and you know I, i i know that at 82, I don't think this that his death was was expected. Was you know I, I think it did take people by surprise today, but it, you know you you want to see these guys get honored while they're alive, and Bruno was several years ago, and I think that kind of speaks. Uh, also, you know you heard many people mention this year at the Hall of Fame induction. They mentioned Owen. They mentioned Owen Hart, yeah. who was taken. You know, was taken suddenly. So many years ago, but saying, you know, this, you want this honor to happen, let this honor happen. And yeah, Bruno, he declined many times to go into the hall of fame, but did accept five years ago.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know the true stories, but there were some issues with Bruno and Vince jr. With vince Matt And, uh, you know, Bruno had a great relationship with Vince's dad. And then when Vince and Vince jr. You know, and Bruno had, they butted heads just on ideas where the business was going, where he was taking it and all that. So that's why Bruno reneged on going in the Hall of Fame. Mm. But literally, I mean, I complained about going in in 2011. In fact, Bruno should have been going in one of the first years. And Vince should have done whatever it took to make it right the first couple of years for Vince to, for Bruno to go in, you know. Uh, a guy that did what he did for pro wrestling, and I mean, as small as the map of the U.S. was back then for you know, expanding the pro wrestling, everybody knew who Bruno was. I mean, you didn't even have to say the name San Martino and everybody knew Bruno. When you heard Bruno. There was only one Bruno in our business and it wasn't downtown Bruno, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was Bruno San Martino, you know? And so, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know the particulars on that, but listen, Bruno was a guy that was great. Um, you know, as, listen, man, I, I would be honored to someone comparing Hawk and I to be the Bruno San Martino type tag team you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's just, that's how over the guy was and how popular the guy was
2: well that's uh, that's awesome uh, but yeah it's a uh, sad sad story Bruno San Martino passing away today at the age of 82 you, years old you know
0: I, I don't know if you heard yet Joe but another great guy passed away today as well who was that, and that that was the manager of the Powers of Pain, Warlord, and Barbarian, Paul Jones.
2: You know, I was going to ask you about that. I saw Shane yeah. Helms uh, post about that, and I did. I meant to ask you before before we uh, we went on the air. So, yeah, yeah uh, no, number one, Paul Jones.
0: Yeah, man, I had probably jeez, a hundred matches with Barbarian and Warlord, and Paul Jones was their manager. Paul Jones was actually, man, one of the funniest SOBs I've ever met. I mean, he was great. He was actually a good wrestler himself in the same era as Bruno Sammartino. I don't think he maybe was quite as old, but Paul Jones was up there. But Paul Jones and Paul Ellering, man, they had a feud going on when uh, during that bench press contest we did in Greensboro, North Carolina, against the Powers of Pain. And uh, Paul was another good voice for tag teams that couldn't really express or talk themselves back in the mid-Atlantic days. And, uh all up and down the Mid-Atlantic Coast, whether you're from Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, they all know who Paul Jones
2: was. That era, man, you, know, you talk. You know, You mentioned Paul Jones being able to wrestle, Paul Ellering being in the ring and being able to wrestle with you guys as well. I, they don't have many managers today at all in wrestling, but to have an era where the Managers could also get in the ring and you know defend themselves as well. That's that's pretty cool, and it's probably something we won't see ever again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's the only one you see. First of all, you see no managers for single guys except for Paul Heyman, and two, you'll see once in a while, you see a girl valet like uh, there's a new one in NXT, yep. uh, a Spanish girl, Vega, yep, up up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so you see that every once in a while, but uh. Uh, maybe that's because maybe the guy speaks broken English. You need someone to translate. Who, who knows what the reasoning is about it? I mean, it looks great, but you don't see that very much. You never see anything in tag teams anymore, mm-hmm. ever. And uh, that's the lost art, you know, between, you know, Paul Jones and Jim Cornette and Paul Ellering and, you know, guys like that that were great tag team managers that recreated a lot of interest in the matches, which were a tremendous asset to the match. You just don't see that anymore. It's not being developed anymore. And <clears throat> I think with all the talent there that's in a company, they could certainly develop managers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if someone's not working out in the ring, you make them a manager. I mean, Paul Ellery's deal was, you know, he had blown out his knee, his kneecap, a patella attendant snapped twice, and he had to go into managing. And it worked out perfect. And Paul Jones had a great career. He had, he had a few titles under his belt. But he was at that age where he had to get into managing, you know. So, I mean, I, I think it's a lost art in our business as well as tag team wrestling in general, and I think there's room in our business for that thing to come back.
2: Yeah. The um, next week on the show, we are going to uh, we'll discuss. Uh, the the tag team titles that'll both be on the line in Saudi Arabia. Also, uh, talk Saudi Arabia just in general is the greatest Royal Rumble taking place there next uh, next Friday. So we'll get into that a little more next uh, hey, next man, week on the show. That's
0: a that's a definitely history in the making, man. WWE going to Saudi Arabia.
2: Yeah, you know, I gotta
0: admit, I'd love to go over to Saudi Arabia, man. I think it'd be so cool. You know, I've been to that part of the country. I've been to Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar. Abu Dhabi, Dubai. I've never been to Saudi Arabia, and I think it'd be a phenomenal experience to go over there. You know, and um, it's it. Hats off to WWE for making it over there. You know,
2: that's a it's a hell of a card. And if uh, we'll we'll see if any changes are made or what more is announced next week. I can't well, imagine talk about it being stacked, right? I mean, God, I got, got every
0: championship match in the world going on, plus pluses. Yeah, great. A giant battle royal and all this other crap going on. man. it's, it's a loaded event.
2: It's it, it really is crazy what they are, uh, what, what they're planning to do uh, next week as they travel to Saudi Arabia. But, uh, Joe, you're traveling quite a bit this week. let uh, let the folks know where you will be uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, man, I'm in Butler, Pennsylvania on Friday. And then I'm in Detroit for the Legends of Wrestling. You're know, out there with uh, Sting and Brian Nobbs and uh, Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair. Woo! And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think I think uh, uh, being Mankind's there as well, McFoley. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of great stars there. Uh, I don't know if Ricky Steamboat's going or not. I didn't check for sure. But there's a lot of great stars, man. It's a new thing that uh, the Nasty Boys have uh, – Brian Nobbs has gotten together with his partner Frank, and uh, it's going great. And uh, we get a lot of great fan attendance, and it's it's really a fan appreciation type show. You know, there's a lot of legends the fans get to see, and you're never going to see that group of guys together probably that often around the country, man. So the fans need to take heed to that and come on out to both Butler, Pennsylvania, and Detroit.
2: Yeah, and you you have a few trips this summer out to uh, to Pennsylvania. This will be your first one of the uh, of the spring. But yeah, that what you guys. I mean, the the second event you have this weekend. I usually, I, I look at the cards. I see the cards of stuff you go to every weekend. You'll have you and maybe another legend, and then some indie stars, and they they fill a card with it. But my goodness, the the event that you have, you know, the names that you just mentioned. It's uh, if you're in the area, make sure to get out there. This weekend and uh, and go see it. So all of that stuff can be found on our website, roadwarrioranimal.com. You can go on there and click the calendars page and find out where you will be this, uh, find out where Animal will be this weekend and where he will be in upcoming weekends as well. Uh, because I know this isn't your only uh, trip to the state of Pennsylvania uh, no, this month. Man,
0: every every weekend we got shows yep. to promote. You know, I'm busy next weekend as well. And uh, there's a lot of great events coming up, so we'll we'll inform everybody where it is. Yep. Like like I said, like you said, you can go to RoadWarriorAnimal.com and uh, check out the schedule.
2: Yep, that's uh, that's where you found this uh, this podcast. That's where we'll have autographs, also uh, autograph pictures available for sale up there as well. That's uh, coming soon uh, on RoadWarriorAnimal.com. Joe, on the other side of the break, we will have a chance to talk with Punishment Martinez. We sat down with him in New Orleans. And how about this? He has a match coming up. You want to talk one of the hottest names in all of wrestling right now? His next opponent for the next Ring of Honor event, Cody Rhodes.
0: Man, that's going to be a great event. You know, Uh, Punisher Martinez is a big, tall guy, Mm -hmm. man. You know, and uh, he looks great. And uh, what a great match he's going to have with Cody Rhodes. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing that match and uh, talking about that show, man. Ring of Honor has got some kick-ass shows coming up, man. They got great guys like Cody Rhodes in there and some of the other guys in there. Christopher Daniels helping run it, and man, it's a
1: great thing.
2: Yeah, they absolutely do. So we will uh, we will chat with Punishment Martinez coming up on the other side of the break.
1: This is Andy Hanselman, president of the St. Louis Podcast Network. How would you like to be part of the What a Rush podcast? Sponsorship opportunities are now available and more affordable than you would imagine. Wrestling podcasts are the hottest thing going in the podcast world right now, some being listened to by hundreds of thousands of wrestling fans, just like yourself. If you would like to get in on the ground floor of the What A Rush podcast, hosted by Road Warrior Animal, please contact Joe Roderick at Podcast at gmail.com. Have a WWE Hall of Famer promote your product to other loyal wrestling fans and see what these guys can do for you.
2: Hey, we're joined now by Punishment Martinez, another Ring of Honor star, here with us on the uh, What Rush podcast, uh, Joe and Punishment. You mean you were telling us before the uh, you know when when you were reached out to and asked if you wanted to do this? How, how much of a hesitation was there, man? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I popped hard. It was funny because the question was asked, like, am I okay with doing this? And like I just told the story, I wanted to, as a rib, say, nah, I'm good. But then I was like, no, no, don't think I'm serious. And I don't <laughs> They'll move, move on, on to the next guy. <laughs> man, because I'm I, I just a big fan. And these are moments that I'll remember forever. So I'm... Thank you for having me. This is- oh, man,
0: Punishment Martinez, bro. It's an honor to have you here, bro. Ring of Honor, Joe, is kicking some serious ass this week, man. They're putting on some great shows. It's great to have good talent. And we are
2: fortunate yeah. to get these guys to come in yeah. and
0: want to do the podcast.
2: Absolutely. When, when was your first you're, – you're an older guy. I mean, we just had well, – Oh, bro. Say, so, okay. let be take
0: the knife out of his back, Joe. Come I'm on, saying, bro. He's come on, man.
2: Thirty-six. Which I mean, back. You whoa, know, whoa, Joe, whoa! Don't add on, man. I'm Damn, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Oh. <laughs> All right. You are <laughs> killing hey. his crap right hey, now. I'm going what? off Wikipedia, so I'm going off. You. You better call Wiki. And let him oh, know. He's a Wikipedia, nut. I think he wished
0: me a happy birthday on Hawk's birthday. No, no. my birthday's September, no. yeah, January twenty sixth. Don't happy birthday, Joe. Don't Come don't on, man. don't put me hey, you in know all the marks that you birthday have out today. Oh, it's his birthday yeah. today. Don't, don't compare me Do to the he marks. Get
2: birthday punches, bro. <laughs> he's about ready to
0: get him. He keeps announcing your age. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm, he's but hey, 36. I'm just going We'll off give this. him
0: 35 punches. I,
2: I brought this up to, to cuz you were telling you were telling stories about yeah, seeing yeah. them when you were when you were a kid. So I wanted to, you know, we had Flip Gordon on. He said he was 26 and when you're telling stories of that, I wanted to see what the, you know, what age group you fell into fair enough, fair enough. with with seeing yeah. them. So when when would have been the first time that you saw the Road Warriors?
3: Uh I lived in Puerto Rico. I was probably about 8 or 9. Awesome. And, I love Puerto uh, Rico. Oh yeah. god. So and that, that was my first uh, experiences watching wrestling was when I lived out there. And because uh, wrestling is really big, it's a culture almost mm-hmm, in Puerto yeah. Rico. You, you know that. It's awesome, man. So it's that awesome. would be the first time that I remember seeing you guys and being mesmerized because I was always into the guys. I was never a fan of the baby faces almost, like the, the goody two shoes. I, I was always a fan of Taker. You know, you guys sure, because yeah. of the face paint and you guys look like you you would walk in somewhere and really beat the hell out of somebody, <laughs> you know, just because. And I, since I was a kid, that's, I mean, yeah. that's me. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe because my dad was like that, but I was always wa- more drawn to, to guys that looked that could be a little bit more violent. Sure. You well, know? Boy,
0: you know, Puerto Rico, right? It's the survival of the fittest down right, there, yeah. right? I yeah. Didn't yeah. live in good area, mean, so yeah. No, You know, I mean, listen, Hawk and I. With uh, we worked for Carlitos Colon. We would comb that whole island. Hawk and I actually wrestled Carlos Colon and Abdullah of a Butcher in a, the big caged arena. Oh, Oh, man. yeah, bro. People are throwing screwdrivers and broken glass bottles at us and everything else. Of course, you know, you guys go against Carlos Colon. You're the heel. It don't matter who oh, you are. Oh, man. It don't matter who you are. You're the heel, right? And it was so good. I, as a matter of fact, I just saw my buddy uh, Savio Vega earlier, and I Man, I cannot tell you, Puerto Rico has always had a really warm spot in my heart, man. I love Puerto Rico. We say it at the uh, Embassy Suites. was about four blocks from the beach. And it's just awesome. Nothing better than sitting there, Joe. You got to picture this. The sun's setting. You're at a little cafe on the beach. White sands right across from you. The, the water crystal blue clear. It's just gorgeous. And you see these hot, Spanish girls walking around with tram stamps on. It's awesome. <laughs> Every girl's got a tram stamp in Puerto Rico, man. Oh, man. But Puerto Rico is a great place, man. I love it. And what are those things you, they they have when they barbecue on the side of the roads? What do they call it? Um, they they have like a barbecue uh, pit on the side of the road when yeah, you're yeah, traveling. Yeah, yeah, uh, Pin- pinchos or something that's something, something. right well the yeah.
3: pinchos that's just i mean that's one yeah. thing that's sold that so yeah. that that guys have but uh, it's good though uh, i mean uh,
0: awesome food man
3: that's one of the, my favorite things uh, now when i go back and visit cuz i don't live there anymore um, i always try to visit those areas that have those those little, you know, houses sure. and privately owned little sure. gimmicks. Are you bilingual then? You yeah, speak Spanish? Spanish oh, bro, awesome. I didn't, awesome. Speak, I didn't speak, read or write English properly, so I was about 11. Really? Yeah. Well,
0: that's awesome for you in this business, man, because I know your ring of honor will take advantage of that. man. You start going down to some of those countries that speak Spanish, man, that's straight up your alley. Yeah, because awesome.
3: uh, it's, you know, with Ring of Honor, as far as guys being bilingual and put it put over that way, sure, or yeah. even a character, yeah. you know, I, I I'm glad that I can be that for the company um where i'm two things that not that they've never had or they don't have but it's something that really sticks out that's different yeah you know, it, in, a, in a company that's based on guys who can do phenomenal and incredible sure things, yeah you know i'm a guy who doesn't fit the ring amount of mold you know yeah so yeah yeah, yeah it, it's definitely well, it, a fle- it, a, a it's pleasure, good because right? the blessing.
0: business has gotten more i want to say i'm going to invent my own word here now luchadoristic no, you know what I'm saying? It has gotten into more high-flying like that. Like, I, I just saw my good buddies, Los Barrique, was just in the in hallway over there. They're, they're great, man. I love it. Yeah. You know, Yoda's an honor for me. It did. I think it happened in Puerto Rico once, too. Back when they had the hotels and they had the old TV guides in the room, Hawk and I made the front cover of the Puerto Rico TV guide and the Mexico City TV guide. I mean, we, we had to be the only white boys that made, yeah. the, you know, I was on there next to Ray Mysterio. It was awesome. I said, I, I told Ray Ray, Ray Ray, look at this thing, man. And it, so it was awesome to me, man, cause, you know, I, I grew up in Philadelphia and, you know, right, I, my one block was Lithuanian, what I, which I am. The next street over was Puerto Rican. It's awesome, oh, okay. man. Philly, Philly's got a big Puerto Rican contingency and it was off about. I'm a plantain nut. I love, I love fried <laughs> plantains, man. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I miss, now I'm getting hungry talking about it. Yeah, you got me going.
2: That's <laughs> another thought, you know, Joe, we were talking about it too, another connection that you have with uh, with punishment. When you first started in the business, you, you were thrown right into uh, the mix with a good friend of Joe's and Kevin Sullivan. Yeah,
3: when I first started with uh, ROH, I was, man, just I landed in something special. Sure. You know, I got to be able to pick the brain on a daily basis of one of the yeah. smartest men in this business and somebody Genius, so man. willing yeah. to give it without even asking. Yeah. He's just willing to give you knowledge and Kevin Sullivan. And I was very lucky. And not only him, I got to be, you know, work uh, very closely with Steve Carino as well. Uh, BJ Whitmer and Kevin Kelly with that whole program that we did. And that was a special time. And I, I, I I'm so grateful for it. You,
0: you know, you know, I love, man. I worked with Kevin a lot. I mean, for 30 years, I would love to have a spot in the business of working with the big guys like yourself. You know what I mean? Because big guys got a myth. They only could do certain things. Right. You know what I mean? And and when they people could see that they're out of the mold of being just a big guy and you could do leapfrogs and drop kicks and different things at a certain time. Nobody thought that Hawk and I were going to be able to do leapfrog drop kicks. I was 330 pounds when I was a little, you right. Know, exactly. You know, but then you start doing they go, holy crap. And how tall are you? I'm 6'6. Yeah. I have a 6'6 guy. I'm you know, very similar. When I was wrestling Undertaker, okay, bro, let's reverse it. Leapfrog, drop kick, and you know, power slam you. A 6'6 guy. And Taker would do that too, bro. He'd leapfrog he'd, of course he'd be up there for about 15 seconds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's great, but big guys work a different style. And it's great to see when big guys can adapt to smaller guys because you have to be able you know, this wrestling business. you got to be able to work with everybody.
3: Yeah. One thing I worked really hard, at, especially because of the way wrestling has changed. And like mm-hmm. you just said, how what it's become and whatnot. So I knew that I had to, I couldn't just rely on being a big man, yeah. which I did for many years. Sure. I started working in 2004. A lot of people don't know that. And I pretty much wasted like the first 10 years of, of my career because I was just
0: coasting. Sure. And I, didn't sure.
3: Work, I didn't even work out. I, then it became, you know, what am I doing with my life? And sure. If I sure. really wanna do this, why am I not giving 100? I, I kinda of got in my own head and I just had to surround myself around the right people. I, I dropped over 100 pounds. Did you really? Yeah. yeah wow. and, what clicked? Uh, what's up?
2: What clicked? What?
3: Uh, actually, so I had a sweet gig, right? I was running a club in Atlantic City, paid apartment, penthouse apartment that wow. Al Capone lived on, on the boardwalk.
0: Unbelievable, that's awesome.
3: Free vehicle, made good money. I mean, it was, free, you know, living the dream, right? And, uh, but I was still doing indies and everything. And one of the owners of the club came up to me one day and said, hey, uh, we want you to, you know, keep you on and run the club and whatnot. But we need you here more. So can you stop doing that wrestling thing? And for whatever reason, that moment, it took two seconds. I looked at him and I was like, "Uh, nah, you got my two weeks notice, man. Like, I'm not going to do that. Because he gave me, like, it was, you have to either quit or, or, you know, quit wrestling or quit here. And I said, man, with no hesitation, I said, you got my two weeks' notice. And then it was like, well, now I really got to do it. That's and, awesome. Then it's, if I'm going to quit this, mm-hmm. I really have to go all in. Sure. And I did. And
0: And everything's wrestling. timing in this business. Bro. Right. This business' timing is huge. I remember when uh, a friend of mine, John Conklin, was vice president of, of slots for the Tropicana in Atlantic City. Hawk and I used to go there and do the Millionaire's Club every Super Bowl, around Super Bowl time. Right. You had, they had a club and they had about 250 people in there. You had to bet a million dollars on the game. And they had Hawk and I in there. We're going, oh. <laughs> <Are> we, <laughs> and we're all painted up with spiked shoulder pads. Let me tell you how many people want to take pictures with two freaks like us walking in. I mean, you know, here we were so out of our element, right. you know, <laughs> in the middle of the casino wearing spiked shoulder pads and paint, and everybody's a millionaire, right? And we're thinking, these people ain't going to want to talk to us. But it's great. like The whole East Coast, as you know, is great for wrestling. I mean, yeah. they've had such wrestling experience up and down the coast for years. But, man, you, you're, you're right, man. Timing is the absolute key. You know, something clicks in your head, and you know it. And someone sees something in you, too, as well. That, listen, man, we, we could use this cat, right? And we could do something with him. And that's all. It's just got to flow together. Hey, listen, I, I very well could have been bouncing at that bar that night when... Ole Anderson came in that owned George's Championship Wrestling. Right. I could have been off that night and not ever had the job. But it's right place, right time, timing. Right. And you gotta offer something too, bro. You gotta be talented or you wouldn't be with Ring of Honor right now because Ring of Honor's got a great talent roster, right? So You're telling me. So yeah. yeah, man. So it's good for you and it's a good it's a good learning curve for you. And man, like you said, you learn but guys like Kevin Sullivan and stuff oh, like that. You man. know, and, yeah. it's can, great. You know? How can it
3: get any better than that? So Right, and, and timing is everything. So I put myself in a situation where I had to give it my all. So then I, I just started studying everybody that's successful. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to be a hybrid of everybody that's successful. There you go, and that's bro. That's what I do. That's why I mix. And I was a martial artist before I was a pro wrestler. Oh,
0: excellent. So cool. and now
3: anybody that watches me knows that I incorporate a lot of my martial arts with my pro wrestling, with strikes and kicks and everything. So that's And then, like you said, right place, right time. I was at a ROH trial camp and... I got pulled into an office and basically was told, hey, we got this thing going with Kevin Sullivan, and we think awesome. you're the perfect guy that fits the, the, what we need. So sometimes it's, I, was I ready? Yes. But I was ready before that, but there was nothing there for sure, that opportunity sure. to present itself. But, it, but it, had I not decided to show up that day, yeah. I would have never made it. Well, that,
0: That's the key to this business, I think, man, you have to have it in your soul to, uh, kind of like our, our, you know, Hawk and I started that company Zubas. Right. you know all the zebra print stuff yep. you see at the nfl games and uh you have our slogan is dare to be different you gotta dare yourself to be different i did the same thing i used to watch guys like i mean guys were phenomenal like dick murdoch and buzz sawyer murdoch's like 20 years past me right but i would watch buzz sawyer and he did a power slam and i said you know what i'm gonna do a different version of the power slam. i'm gonna jump high with the guy get about four feet in the air and then twist him around right and you know Ruined my left kneecap doing it because I'm trying to protect the guy I'm in the ring with, right? <laughs> but, but, no, but, but, but no, but it's, it's finding your niche and what yes. works for you. Yeah, man, You're blessed to be able to be a guy that's in the martial arts, to use that to your advantage with this gimmick, man. Because let me tell you something. When you start, whether you're getting heat on somebody or a baby face coming back, when you start whipping out your bag of tricks in the martial arts, people are going, holy crap. Of course, and that's yeah, real. Yeah, you know? yeah man, you can't that, fake it. You know? You know? so Right,
3: exactly, you can't fake that. I
0: remember, I remember going over to Japan a couple of times. I don't know if you ever heard of a guy, Hashimoto. Of
3: course. <laughs>
0: Bro, Hashimoto You should try to break Hawk and I's ribs, kicking us so hard. Oof. We always got him back with a clothesline afterwards, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. but but he would wind up and kick. He, he'd say, okay, I don't <laughs> know what Bend over and bend over. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. I said, how is a big 400-pound guy like that kicking me so fast? You know, that, it's crazy. Right, man.
3: but that's real, you know? because yeah, it's that, real. That's, that's something that was exactly real to him too, so. You've yeah, done, man, how, much,
2: awesome. how many trips have you made to Japan?
3: Just one. Just the one? And, and it's funny because since I was a kid, it was my dream to go to Japan. But my first dream of going to Japan wasn't for pro wrestling. It was for martial arts because I trained in, sure. in Japanese yeah, martial man. arts. So. so as a kid, when I used to train and fight, uh, I wanted to go to Japan to fight and train there. And then obviously through time when I transitioned to pro wrestling, then it became my dream to to you know go and wrestle. I don't, and luckily, I, I don't know if do you that. ever heard
0: of this guy. You ever heard of Kevin Kerrigan? God, he's a, a bell, b- he's a it, big yeah. Swedish. He's a big Swedish martial arts guy. He was the head, the lead guy in Bloodsport 2. Okay. I went down on audition oh, for Bloodsport okay. 2. and I was the only wrestler that went to audition for it. Right, and I'm standing there. He goes, he goes, hey man, how how? And he spoke with the, with the accent, right? He goes, hey, how would you take a take a spin kick to the head? I said, bro, throw one. Throw one, I said. I said, if, if I get hurt, it's my fault. Right. And I know it's coming, so so I, I timed it. And I did one of those big twist and twirly three nice. sixties, you know. Goes, how the crap are you doing that? I said, bro, come on. I've worked with some. I've been, I've been lucky to work with some of the main eventers ever in wrestling. I said, it's our business. We're stuntmen. We're re- that's what we really are. realistic. We're yeah. stuntmen that are doing the athletic dance out there, and people that think it's fake or you don't get hurt. Ask Joe my co-host here. We went to Ken Anderson's uh, the wrestling Academy in uh, Minneapolis, right? Joe took a slam and hit the ropes for the first time, bro. I almost wet myself. <laughs> I said, I said, if he was painted green, he would be literally a human Gumby in the
2: ring. Never got in the ring before green my life. Clab of, of clay. <laughs> we go to record the episode with him, and he's got this ring sitting there. And I said, you know what? I want to get in there. I want to get in there and see what's going on. Went in there and took a couple bumps, and on a Monday, and I was still sore. But on what's Wednesday. nice
0: about it though is the respect Welcome. you get, and yeah. know how hard it is to hit them ropes. Yeah. I want to do because, more of it. I want you, to do it again. Yeah, man. When you learn to use those ropes as a weapon. You use it to your advantage and fly off those right. ropes, so man.
3: That's the whole thing. Before I was a pro wrestler, I did the martial arts. I was a two-time national champion in New York State, uh, full contact fighter. Oh, awesome, Then, man. but I, I also played all the major American sports. I played football, basketball, and baseball. Sure. Uh, and I was, I was decent.
0: So you're like an all-around athlete, Yeah, man. yeah and then when
3: I decided to go to Pareto, I already knew being an athlete, this is obviously not going to be easy. I'm not right. stupid. I know this is going to be difficult, but I think I could do it. I, I mean, I, I've yeah. endured other –
0: it was still hard. Bro, you, I you it can't be. be an athlete if you're not confident. No, no. But it was, uh, there's a big difference between conceited and confident. Confidence will get you a long way in this business right. and this I sports. Was, in and general. that's what it yeah, was. Yeah. I was
3: just confident, and, I, and I, uh, I believed in myself that I could do it, but it was still so much harder than I thought it would be. Uh, and like right. you said, just running right. the ropes, I remember the first time, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I know I'm a pretty tough guy, so how are there so many, um, damn, there's a lot of tough guys in uh, this world because <laughs> to be able to do course. this, because that was rough, man.
0: You know, like yourself, and like guys like Taker who played basketball, right, mm-hmm. and, and uh, JBL who played for the Dallas Cowboys, and Goldberg who played pro football, and you know, football was my first love. When, you know, my kid playing in the NFL, and I was actually trying out for the New Jersey Generals, as a matter of fact, with the USFL, and then wrestling came up like a month before, I was doing the bullet training. So there's a lot of guys, for whatever reason, whether they blow out a knee or hurt their back or take a different turn in life or whatever happens, they somehow fall into wrestling. Right. So there's a lot of great athletes in wrestling, and you don't need to be the, the huge guy to be a great athlete. You know what I mean? You just got to have the talent, the athletic ability, and the drive. Because The good thing about being an athlete is you never, it's a never-say-quit attitude. Right. You endure. Bro you, bro, you endure everything and it's never never say die. I'm never going to die. And uh, you always want to be that top dog. Right. No, otherwise, 100%. why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Right? Unless I, you want to be the man, top dog. I
3: say this all the time. Like, if you don't strive to be, I mean, you, you got to set goals, right? But if you don't strive to be a top guy, if you don't strive to be a winner, if you don't strive to be successful and something of an importance and whatever it is that you're doing then why are you doing it exactly i don't understand right. that mentality I, mean, I,
0: I love your attitude bro i, t- I tell you a funny story uh, I, you know when i first started out i went with the uh down to Ole anderson of georgia championship wrestling i was a road worker by myself he sends me to jim Crocker promotions to learn how to work at the nwa well i went down there bro i was i was working nine times a week making 150 dollars total I said, Jimmy, I'm starving. I got child support. I said, I can't do this, man. He goes, well, I don't have anything for you. So Ole Anderson only sent me there for, he said, two weeks, but it'll be a three months because they were doing a big buyout with Georgia Championship Wrestling at the time. Right. So here, well, it didn't work out. Somebody else tried to take over the company. So I said, well, thanks, but no thanks, and I quit. Okay. And I'm not a quitter on anything, bro. I went home, and I'm working out at the gym, and I pretty much was m in wrestling. I mean, crap. I was saying, no, screw this crap. I don't want to do it. You know, I, I, I hate it, this and that. You know, I was going to kill Ole Anderson the next time I saw him. <laughs> I told Ole on the phone, if I see you again, I'm going to knock you out, bro. <laughs> I, I was hot. I was, you know, because I spent all this money training and diet and nutrition. Went there. So I'm in the gym, place called the gym in Minneapolis, which Hawk and I were part owner of for about 25 years. And uh, I've been there, and Rick Martel is the AWA champion. And Rick Martell comes up to me with a French accent and says, uh, Monsieur. You, you're talking bad about the wrestling business. I give you word of advice, you might get hurt. I looked at Rick Martell I said, hey, listen here, bro. I said, I'm not a gimmick. I said, I'll take that belt off you right now and beat you with it. I told him that right in my gym. I said, I ain't playing, man. Because I was still I hot, it, right? You know, even though the business is a work, you know, I was still pissed off. But it, you know, after you calm down and realize, you know, there's a lot of like yourself, there's a lot of bad apples in this business, man. And, uh, but the good thing is, man, it, it's such a brotherhood that you respect everybody, and crazy. that's the crazy. Even if you don't like the person, even if bro- you respect what they've done, it's a whole other level. You respect yeah. their achievements, you know, and so that that fact is awesome. And I'm, I'm glad to see that mentality coming back to the wrestling business with Ring of Honor, because you know, there's I know a lot of guys are working there now, and so man, you're in a good company right now, bro. You I just, love it. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and and to your point, the guys there. That's one of my favorite things there, because that respect and that wanting not there's not, of course, we all this is an individual business. We're not a team sport where, you know, help each other. So we're all individually trying to become the biggest stars we can for ourselves. But at the same token, the company, everybody wants to put on the best product for the company, for the business to make it better, because then it, it helps everybody. And we all, at the end of the day, make more money. Uh, generate more fans, fans have more enjoyment. Uh, it's like a shared <clears throat> mentality, which is yeah. really
0: cool. Bro, Hawk and I used to relish putting butts in the seats. We would relish that because we knew everybody on the card was going to get a better payday. And that was our job. We, we said we will do whatever it takes to make sure that everybody on the card, from the guy opening the show to the guy right before intermission, right after intermission, the hard spots of the match, right? The hard spots of the card. We want everybody to make top dollar. So, Hawk and I did what we had to do, you know, whether, I mean, sometimes it piss people off, but we let the promoter tell everybody, hey, listen, these guys need to be like this. We weren't just going to do it ourselves. Right. But once we got the green light, we wanted to make sure, man, it was our job, that everybody had a good payday. Because we went up and down that road, we, like I said, working nine times for $150. It's rough, but. I lived off a half a gallon of milk and a bag of pretzel sticks for a week.
3: That's love and passion, that was, that was That
0: was my food. But I had to do what I had to do. If I didn't have Sergeant Slaughter picking me up with that big camouflage limo in the NWA and buy me a hamburger from Burger King every once in a while, bro, probably a little, I did lose 50 pounds. That's why I went back home, because yeah, I was starving to death, man. Well,
3: that's, you know, to your, <laughs> just to add to that, that's kind of how I lost that 100 pounds. Starving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It yeah. wasn't necessarily it's how was enough.
0: forced loss today, right? You're forced to right. Once I
3: quit my job for pro wrestling, I lost weight real yeah. quick. Yeah. Well, bro, but me, that was hey, one piece ye, of advice that Larry ever, Sharp, because when I joined, uh, I trained at the Monster Factory. Oh, sure. Larry. And Larry, Larry owned it uh, when I started. And the fir- one of the first things he told me was, this business is going to, at times, make you hate life.
0: Oh, it'll you eat
3: know? you up. Let it but get if you endure, life. if you... Persevere, yeah. It'll make you love life even more, bro. So, and I now today I understand what he meant,
0: bro. It's a lot like the military, man. Only the strong survive. Big time. That's it, man. This wrestling business,
2: man. Punishment, man. We appreciate you coming by. It's uh, great to have you. Anna, we look forward to uh, what you got coming up in uh,
0: 2018. Bro, I can't wait, man. I'm I'm, I'm a fan now. I Dude. can I cannot wait to see this stuff. Stop. I want to yeah, watch I'm it. Up, I'm popping <laughs> hard already. So. No, man, I love it, man. It's it's great. This is great for me, man, because I love working with the, the new talent, in the wrestling business. I'm not going to get be like my co-host here and. and Get anything about your age or nothing, you know. <laughs> Blame wiki. Yeah, man. But I wish you the best of luck, bro. Thank you so much. Hey, man, anything man. I can ever do to help you in your career, please don't hesitate to call, man, because I, I was trained by guys like Kevin Sullivan and the best in this wrestling business, and I've got a wealth of knowledge, man. If you ever need it, give me a holler. Well, the, I'm going to call you on on that one. I will. I no, will give you that I'm, I'm dead That's serious, man. I don't throw it out there, out there that much, but I'm throwing it out there to you Thank right you now. Thank so you so know. much. I
3: mean, and... When they say, never meet your heroes, I I always disagree with that. Always. And this is a prime example, man. This is such a pleasure, and thank you so much. Really. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man.